Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Hello, 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 and welcome back. And great news if you hate Isekai. The summer of Isekai is done. It's behind us. It's in the rearview mirror. We're in September now. The kids are back in school. The weather's calmed down. It's pissing with rain every five minutes. It, life is life is good if you're Phil right now. But we're not in September, Sean. We're not, no. We're stuck here back in August. On that time, I started a podcast to read trash manga with my friends. And actually, most of them were trash, but some of them weren't. AKA, the Trash Manga Friends Podcaster Rizag. Episode 35, Villainess Reloaded, blowing away trash manga with modern weapons. You know the drill by now. It's the show where three people discuss two volumes of one trash manga, dissect what's good, what's bad, and what's trash, such as the Netflix adaptation of today's series. That's trash. <laughs> I am the head of the table, your tribal chief and forever host, Sean, and I am joined by Don Mike and Oya Bunfell. How are you both? Uh, <laughs> that's about it. Wow. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're catching me in the middle of an all-too-common situation where I cannot sleep well, because this is just my life, and that's how I'm feeling. I'm trying to figure out if I actually know what you were referencing in your intro. Because I feel like I do. I never do. Which bit? The the modern weapons. Oh, okay. The parody title. For a moment, I was like, oh my god, does Phil get the wrestling reference? But no, Phil didn't. <laughs> Phil's not on about that one. I was not. I'm pretty sure you're the only person in the entire world that watches wrestling. Like, you know how there's been all those wrestling matches with a completely empty audience? That's just because yes. you couldn't make it. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be one person. Wow. Famously, nobody watches wrestling. Fa- famously. No, no, yeah. one, no one cares. Wrestling yeah. certainly isn't going through this whole period at the moment because WWE are releasing everyone. But, um, you know, pff, wrestling. Who cares about that? You. I, and I, I, you. I, hate, I hate saying that. <laughs> 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 yes, me. Yeah. But this isn't Trash Wrestling, friends. That's an April Fool's episode in like 10 years' time. <laughs> oh, we're still doing this in 10 years? Fuck. <laughs> no escape, Mike. Contracts for life. God. Can only ima- imagine doing this for 10 years. Imagine doing this for one year. Fuck. I, we've done that. I know. It hurts. <laughs> All right. Yep. Go on. Well, you had a chance this time around to relieve the hurt because after me and Phil had taken over for a month with our Isekai choices, we passed over to Mike, who famously hates Isakai, to give his chance. He could pick something trash that, to inflict on us. He could pick something good to heal himself. So, what did Mike pick this time around? I'll tell you, it was The Way of the House Husband, a.k.a. Goku Shifudo. Uh, this is a comedy slash slice of life manga. It started out as a web manga back in February and March 2018, which lasted for five chapters. But by popular demand, was made into an ongoing series, which started back in May 2018. It's written and drawn by Kosuke Ono and is licensed by Viz under their SIG range. So you can get five volumes of it right now. And there is an anime adaptation, as I alluded to at the start. It's on Netflix uh, by JC Staff with five episodes. But um, don't. It's <laughs> what they've done, essentially is they've gone, man, these are some nice panels. Let's just take those and add some motion tweening. And there you go. Anime. Done it. What do you mean you all hate it? So, yeah. Uh, although there is a 10-episode live-action drama which came out last year, so maybe go watch that instead. It's uh, it's sold over a million units as of the end of 2019, so it's probably at least one and a half by now. 
and it was the 2018 winner in the Picks of Comic Rankings Best Comedy and Best Overall Series Awards, as well as the 2020 Eyes the Winner for Best Humour Publication. So, Mike, uh, throw to you at this point. What is Way of the House Husband? And uh, why did you pick a series for trash manga friends that won an Eisner? Okay, I'll, in two, I'll do this answer in two parts. First of all, what it's is like it about? It's like two questions. It was the two questions. I could have combined them for <laughs> expediency, but I'm not able to multitask. Okay, so uh, Way of the House Husband is about a Yakuza, or an ex-Yakuza called... Uh, Tatsu, who uh, was renowned throughout the Yakuza for being especially uh, violent and murderous and capable of doing uh, crazy Yakuza-y mafia-oso things, but then decided uh, seemingly inexplicably to one day give all of that up and instead just devote all of his pent-up Yakuza energy into being the best house husband he could ever gosh dang be and the wacky and i do mean somewhat wacky hijinks that uh that follow in that and as for the reason why i chose this whenever i choose stuff for this show because i don't read anywhere near the level that you guys do in my own time one might say you don't read anything in your own i time. do it's just it's it's quite rare <laughs> honestly it is and this is the reason i started the show in the first place I say in episode one, I want to read more manga, and here we are. And so I have to go based on what I've heard about stuff, things I've heard of but not read. And so I had not read this before. I had no idea that it had the same, the reward following, the awards following that it had. Uh, I didn't know how popular it was at all. I had just heard of it. And I knew it was Slice of Life, sort of. And I knew things about it, but I'd never actually read it. So I suggested it for this show. And yeah, that's kind of where I come into this. I heard the premise and I thought, that's dumb. This is really dumb. And I thought there was a decent chance I would end up hating it. And therefore that could make it trash. And as someone has pointed out to me recently, trash doesn't necessarily mean bad, but it usually does. So that's why I chose it for this. Well, that's why we're reading an Eisner winner. And I mean, yeah, it's I mean, it's a slice of life, which immediately means you hate it. Sure does. Because Boy, you guys hit me last time that Spider had no like on, essentially ongoing plot, as it were. But um, I'd argue it's got more of one than this. <laughs> I, w- this I would has... argue they have, in fact, about the same amount. <laughs> this has basically no ongoing plot. This is entirely episodic, yes. Yeah. I think the big difference here is th- this is Slice of Life. You don't expect plots in Slice of Life. I-, I would still expect some sort of underlying plot thread, some sort of character development. Otherwise, why do you care? It does give you the vehicle for, like, not, like, a huge epic and falling plot, but there is the vehicle of, like, why did uh, Tatsu go from being this absolutely dominant? I think he was, like, ahead of his family. Or like I, th- I think the idea was, it was like the top enforcer kind of thing. He would get all the work done. He it, he alludes to the fact that he's the one who hid the bodies, and he's the one who he alludes to a lot of things. Yeah, like he basically <laughs> was the top guy to do whatever needed to be done. It was the 
the he is the Kira Yukazia of this world, basically. Yeah, I don't so he, know who he that was is. Uh, the protagonist uh, of Yakuza. Ah, I have not read that or seen that. Video games. Mike, I've played. played it. I've not played that. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remind me what it is you do for a living? <laughs> I uh, tell you to shut up. <laughs> well, <laughs> shit. But yeah, so like, that's the thing. There is the vehicle for a lo- more of a long plot of like, why did he go from Yakuza badass to dedicated house husband? But uh, certainly not in these two volumes. You're not going to get anything. on. Yeah, the only thing you get is in these first two volumes about that is he got married. We have no fucking clue how he met his wife. We've no clue how they got together or even what appealed them to each other. None of that. Just he got married. Yeah, basically. But we do get that he is goddamn dedicated to his wife. Like, goddamn, he he loves her with a capital love. Like, oh, he is crazy dedicated to everything he does, uh, whether that's his relationship or the housework. And, like, he takes it to an extreme degree uh, to the point where he compares every aspect to his house husband life to something he did in the while he was in the Yakuza. Not not even comparing, it's more like he's treating it exactly the same. Yeah, like he only knows how to approach things from one direction, and that's from this Yakuza lifestyle. I mean, one character does say the way of the Yakuza and the way of the house husband are just two sides of the same coin. Oh, we'll get to him, because this, this thing does have <laughs> a pretty decent cast of supporting characters. It has like it, it has three characters, I would argue, yeah. so far. <laughs> yeah, sure, but like I, I'd say though, I'd say I actually way prefer the supporting characters than I do the main character. But mm. we'll get to that. I mean, that's because, in fairness, like Tatsu, like I don't dislike Tatsu or anything, but he is very much you have to be this, and then that's all he can really be. God, if we're gonna get into that, then I may as well just say I I don't like Tatsu, well, like at all. Well, I don't I'm... like him, like. I don't like him on the point of, I get they're trying to mesh the whole Yakuza thing with, um, with the house husband thing. Yeah. That's like that's the entire shtick of this, and so I get that. But they sort of write him as he's this really scary, imposing force. I never got that, like ever. Really? Like, because the drawings make him very like he is always drawn as this he's, imposing he's figure. He's drawn to be quite intimidating. Yeah. But... Yeah. I never got that, like, at all. I just got him as a bit dark and weird. No, i <sighs> definitely say he comes across like to it. Especially if you're living in, like, a Japanese little suburb thing, and this guy is just there. Bear in mind, this is a culture that even tattoos the outside of, like, Yakuza tattoos are like, whoa, that's a bit edgy. Calm down. No, that, that's kind of the point. If you've got a tattoo, everyone just immediately assumes you're in the Yakuza. I know there's also a thing with what he wears in the first couple of chapters, because you it's a very Yakuza look. The suit type thing. Yeah, the suit with like the open collar. Open kind collar, of thing. yeah. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a very Yakuza getup. And he wears an apron over the top of that. And so I, I get yes. that's why people say that in the sunglasses and everything. He has a very Yakuza style about him. And so I get that. Um, and maybe it is just not a cultural translation thing. But I, I never got that he was particularly imposing. And I suppose that comes with the territory of. He's just very, very into like doing house husbandy things in a very sort of intense way. I suppose that's the thing. From from our perspective, we've not seen him do any Yakuza 
esque things really. We we hear about them. Yeah, we've been told, not shown. We're introduced to him as it's sort of misleading in the visuals, but like you sort of see him going about doing this housework. And that's kind of what we just see for him day to day. So when everyone's like, oh my god, it's it's the immortal dragon Tatsu. I can't believe he's still around. Oh my god. And it's just like, yeah, but he's he's a big teddy bear. Yeah, but it is also not that much. Like, the way it's drawn, like, you could very easily substitute vegetables for a body. Yes, like I say, like, the visuals very much are meant to be misdirecting. Yeah, the visuals aren't bad by any stretch. I, I like them. Yeah, I know, yep. they are good. There is, I never put it down. There is something about it I feel is a little off, but otherwise I kind of pretty much like them throughout. And that could just be inherent from the fact that he is only doing regular house husband stuff. And he, it's just to me, it always read as a, he's just a bit weird rather than intimidating. Yeah, it's sad. I think that's just down to because we have never seen him do the Yakuza stuff. Yeah, like just being told. Because you get is like a, a flashback panel, which is clearly exaggerated in like its art style. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, like you don't get any of that. I mean, you do see this guy is very, very skilled at what he does. It's, frequent that he's like dodging people attacking him and shit not to say this is a combat manga by any stretch it's not but like when um when his past life catches up with him a little bit people like try to knife him and stuff he just dodges like goku no no he he throws the diy book in the way right yeah of course that's that's much better after being hit by a two by four yep yep like i will say like i will get to it uh eventually but uh the comedy of this is spot on so yeah. physical gags like that are actually fantastic it knows the humor it's going for and it nails it and weirdly for me considering i usually hate over exaggeration humor and this is undoubtedly often over exaggerated to a point but again because of the premise basically just sets it up so it's believable that people shit themselves because it's a yakuza to me again at least so like a lot of it doesn't actually come off as over exaggerated to me even if it is yeah like that kind of stuff I have no problem with. In terms of characters, though, I'm not a huge fan of... Not so much of Tatsu the character. I think Tatsu the character is fine. I think it's just sort of the way he's positioned in the world that he's in. It's almost frustrating to see him all the time because it's like he's just going about his house husband life, doing whatever he wants to do. Very intently wants to make sure he goes and gets the bargains and sets up the surprise birthday gift for his wife and stuff. Like, very intensely. But then it's like, all of this other stuff is happening around him. And he just chooses not to engage. It reminds me of... Um, God, I can't remember the name of it. The, uh, the manga we read where there was the, the, the medium ghost laid girl who could... Miruko chan Yeah, yeah. It just reminded me, it gave me vibes of that. Where it's just like, she could absolutely interact with story elements. They're right there. Go on. Interact with them. The difference here is that in Maruko, she's aware of the story elements. She just purposely refuses to interact. In this one, it does... And I don't even know if Oblivious is the right choice, but yeah, Tatsu does seem to be very much kind of in his own world in some regard. Like, there's a scene where he gets chased down by previous Yakuza people and essentially just ropes them into trying to help him get bargains in the shopping mall. And it's as if... Like, one of the pulls are going at some point, as if this doesn't even register in mm -hmm. his world. Like, he's just... Yeah, I'll put some mittens on him. There we go. Problem solved. Walk away. Yeah, in Tattoo's world, he is no longer part of the Akaza. They have no reason to go after him. But it's as if they don't even 
exactly. It's as if he's in like a Chinibio delusion where everything's just normal and Yakuza just doesn't really exist anymore. And don't get me wrong, it's fucking hilarious, but that's not the point here. It's just like, it's so frustrating to watch this guy just not interact. It, like, it doesn't make sense for someone who is apparently this high up in the Yakuza to just quit and go about their life. And yeah, that's the comedic premise. True love, Mike. True love finds a way. And I bet that'll be the reveal. No, that's not, that's not the problem I'm having. The problem is, yeah, his pass is going to come knocking, and it does, and there's no consequences for it whatsoever, even though he doesn't deal with it. It's like, what the fuck? It's, like, it's annoying. And I'm not, it's a comedy manga. It's absurdist comedy at that. You don't need to have sense. Like, it doesn't need to make perfect sense. You just need to accept the premise and go with it. And I know that's going to be the biggest criticism of what I'm saying right now. But, oh, it just, it's frustrating to me. I do understand to a degree. Like, the one that gets me, it's less so much when he interacts with his fellow Yakuza, but, like, so the police, we see them a couple of times in this. Yeah. And they're all clearly aware of who this guy is, because several, like, lot, not just them, but lots of people are like, oh my god, it's a mortal tattoo. Yeah. This guy apparently yeah. has, apparently has a level of infamy, yeah. Yeah. And they can't just arrest him for that. So, um... Well, no, you can't just arrest people for no reason, Sean. I'm pretty sure if they know who he is, he's got a litany of crimes associated with his name. You you can assume that, but you've still got to prove it and things, is the point. Yeah, they do point out, like, we no, we can't uh, arrest him without evidence. They do point that out. I, I feel like there's reasonable belief to at least detain him. Sure, sure. Sure, but then after, I don't know how long it is in... Japan, sure. like oh, no, don't get me wrong, but it's just weird where they're always like, it's just weird where they clearly know who he is, but everyone's fine with that. Well, they're, they're not fine with it. You find out in a later chapter they are actually, in fact, watching him. And then they're like, oh shit, he's clearly going out on a drug deal because he's been growing herbs. And then, no, no, he's actually been growing herbs. Okay, if they're at the stage where they're watching him, I don't get why they wouldn't just arrest him. At the end. Because again, they're gathering evidence. So that, that was the whole, that was why they were chasing him. They're like, oh shit, we've just seen him do a drug deal. They hadn't. Even though it definitely looked like a drug deal. But that Yeah, was it looked deal. like a That's drug deal, joke. but it wasn't. Yeah, because that was the joke, obviously. But like, oh shit, he's just done a drug deal. Quick, now's our chance to take him down. We've, we've got the evidence. I feel there. there's enough reasonable assumption that you could just arrest him. You can, yeah, you can have, you can arrest someone, assuming this is somewhat similar to our laws, again, cultural differences and whatnot. You can arrest someone based on... Suspicion. Yeah, the, I can't think of the actual word. Probable cause, there we go. You can, you can arrest someone based on that, based on a suspicion. But if you have no evidence, you can't hold them for more you than can't hold them. 24, yeah. 72, however many hours it is where you live. So you can't hold them forever. And I know in Japan, they are especially keen on making sure that if you arrest someone, they get convicted. So it makes sense that they would just hang back and not just go on yeah. this. Because if he is truly this good at being a Yakuza, then clearly he knows how to hide his tracks. So they need to be more careful. So the whole not arresting them, um, him on site is a thing I'm not going to call foul on. But I do get also get your frustration because, again, it's the same issue I have. There's so many elements of his former life that's finally coming knocking, that are catching up with him. I say finally, it looks like it's pretty much instantly. But yeah, it's, it's it's just none of it's interacted with. It's just drifted on by. It's like, oh. To be fair, we don't know actually what happened in the past. It's entirely possible he has been arrested for his crimes and yeah, has been sure. released since. So 
maybe he has no new crimes to be arrested for at this point. I mean, possible. One of the supporting casts you do meet right at the end of what we read is another recently uh, released other Yakuza from a different clan. And it's, if not outright said, it's heavily implied that the big thing that Tatsu is famous for is he essentially wiped out the leadership of the other, of that guy's clan. Because uh, yeah. he apparently killed 10 people with a lead pipe or something. I think it's he wiped out 10 clans in one battle, I think is the implication. But Yeah, he, he took out like 10 people at once. They yeah. never say kill. Sure, they do say take, took out, not kill. Uh, but yeah, it's and it's with a lead pipe. The idea being it was especially brutal. and So the implication is this guy did that somewhat recently, but hasn't been caught for it yet. And it's it's faded into urban legend. And the reveal may be at some point that, no, that, that didn't actually happen at all. But then again, this guy clearly has upper echelons of Yakuza skill. So yeah, like probably did. Like, there's no reason to believe it didn't. Uh, unless you really want to believe that this guy is just good at heart. I, I believe he is now. Uh, sure, yeah. That's the thing. They're setting him up. At, they, well, they set him up by telling us rather than showing us. He was this big mafioso guy, and he clearly has the skills to back that to back that up. But it could also be frustratingly revealed that it was all just being talked up, and he was just some dude who happens to know how to, like, who who took a karate class once or something. I I don't think that's the case. Considering neither do I. But we've seen flashbacks that. with it, and other characters all seem to fear him, and the police are well aware of him. I yeah. Unless it's like a mass scale delusion, which also would be a very weird plot point for this series to have. Well, bear in mind, outside of a few characters, a lot of it's just based on his um, his the, legend. The story, yeah, his legend. So, really, if it is just a misunderstanding, it can just be a rumor spreading, and everyone's like, "Oh shit, that that guy took out ten people with a lead pipe," and it's like, "Well, no, that didn't actually happen." But a rumor starts, and everyone believes it. Yeah, there's actually an episode of the. Uh... Original the '90s Batman animated series, uh, with which actually covers this exact idea. Don't remember any of the names or anything. It's been over a decade since I watched this, but essentially, uh, a guy who's just like some some nobody, like uh, just some middle aged dude who's like he's a father of two kids, just is in over his head. Um, is it got in bad with some actual mafia guys, and. He was in the middle of uh, a deal on a rooftop because it's in Gotham. Everything happens on a rooftop, and um, Batman shows up. And at one point during the fight, he accidentally, com- completely by accident, stumbles and knocks Batman off the rooftop. And it's be- and it looks really looks like um, he accidentally killed Batman. And then he gets held up as this idea of like, oh my god, he killed the bat, and like, oh, he's is amazing guy and oh he's scary he's a killer and he like really rises through the ranks of the mafia that he wasn't even a part of and then it starts to come unfolded at the end because people keep talking up his legend and that he's this big powerful guy and obviously eventually he gets put to the test kind of thing so it's entirely possible that oh and spoiler alert batman's not dead but yeah it's um it's entirely Wait, possible. What? No, yeah. how dare you? I read Black. I'm, I'm sorry. I had to, sorry, I had to spoil a 30-year-old an, an episode of an animated show from the middle of its run. <laughs> Specifically of a DC superhero who famously, famously never does come not back die. to life. 
Not uh, true. Once but... you're dead in comics, you're dead. That's it. It's over. <laughs> Forever. Yeah. I was going to say, also famously has never died, but Bruce Wayne has actually died. He's before. died? Yeah, he dies in Blackest Night. <laughs> he does die in Blackest Night. Yeah. That is true. Which is canon. Weird, but it's canon. Let's not discuss canon of DC comics like that. <laughs> just, just comics in general. That's yeah. a that's a podcast into itself, I guess. But point, my whole point of saying all that is that yeah, this idea has been played with before, so it is physically possible. But I also don't think that's what they're going for here. Like, no, I don't no, think no, this don't. is. I was going to say smart enough. No, I'd say this is actually a fairly smart manga, but it's not. That's it's not that deep. You know, it. Doesn't run that deep. It's not. It's not got an underlying I- uh, idea that's going to burst out and have this big reveal. No, it it is what it is, and it's going to keep doing that until it eventually stops doing it. And it's not going to be anything drastic. It's just going to be this dude living his life in his yakuza way. Yeah, uh, like looping back to how we started. As of these two volumes, it is entirely episodic. There is no more longer or deeper plot at the moment there is no consequences chapter to chapter or anything yeah beyond you know him just being in a relationship and every so often doing things with his wife i I was gonna say my my point was more like i I think it is like the the first chapter he meets the police doesn't he yeah like it, it, it it ends with him just giving them a coupon and just biking off I think. Wow, was that a coupon? Yes. Oh, that makes yes. sense. I did not get. No, I, I, that. maybe I just didn't look at it properly, but I thought he was handing them like money. No, no, no. that would be illegal. That, that would be a bribe, Mike. Exactly. That's why I was like, why did, they, why did they just shrug that off? To be fair, actually, I'm pretty sure a coupon constitutes a bribe as well. It does. But... Yeah, like any kind of gift. <laughs> but I feel the policeman's going to be like, well, what, what? <laughs> rather than. Yeah, but yeah, okay. like, that's it's a gift. It like, counts. So, like, the first chapter ends with him giving them this coupon. Then he's getting on his bike and like, wait, hang on. And then the next chapter, it's just back to his day-to-day life. We don't know what how that resolves. It's just... Gone. Yeah, I feel... I think that was a thing that... Because that problem seems to vanish after a little bit. So I'm guessing that was more a thing. So as I mentioned at the start, there were, like, five chapters as a pilot, as it were. Or, like, right. it was a limited series before it got... Before people were like, we fucking love this. Bring it back. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing because quite a few of the early chapters seem to stop several pages early. And uh, the first time I re- uh, the first time I read it, I read it cough legally before I then pulled out my copy of Volume One, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that wasn't just missing pages, which has happened to me before on this podcast. It's mm-hmm. no, that's just actually where that chapter ends." So I didn't I didn't think it was missing pages. It's just you you're in the middle of this story beat, and then yeah, just it just stops abrupt, yeah. Yeah, I, I the whole giving him a coupon thing confused me because I did think it was money. But uh and I get the idea was he would just in his previous life he would just pay off the cops, that's the joke. Yeah. But it's a coupon now, so it's it's fine and it's like he's using skills and it's I get it. Like I get the joke. Cause that that's something we've perhaps not been very explicit about saying he does go about his house husbandry by applying his yak as a skills to everything. Oh yeah, to everything, yeah. Like, uh, at one point, a uh, figure his wife really loves gets broken. He's like, all right, here's what we do. This is what my boss taught me. Mm-hmm. You've got to bury it six feet deep. <laughs> yep, and he literally buries it in the yard. Buries it in the yard. 
and then you just got to kneel and beg for forgiveness. That's the chapter with depressed Steven Universe. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there is a kid that looks exactly like Steven Universe. But really sad. But real sad. It just has a sad face. Like, take every image you've seen of Steven Universe, uh, like, crop out his smile and, like, twist it and turn it upside down. There you go. <laughs> That's what this kid looks like. It's just absolutely sad Steven Universe. Uh, yeah, that he applies that logic to most things. So the bribe in the first chapter, that one there. My personal favorite is the episode where he's got this new guy joining his crew, but he's yet to prove himself. And uh, yes. when he applies that to real life, it's uh, a Roomba. <laughs> and so he's he's he hasn't he doesn't trust this Roomba to like do the job properly because he's a new guy in the house. Yeah, it's not just his actions; it's his speech as well. It's very Yakuza esque. Like, I think at one point he's in a shopping mall, he's like, oh man, where'd you hide the white powder? You know, the good yeah. stuff. Yeah, the, and the shopkeeper's the like, stuff, yeah. yeah, it's like, we don't <laughs> we sell don't that sell here. That. It's like, oh, he means flour. Yeah, the wife chimes in. Oh, he means flour. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I'm interested then, like, if you don't like Tatsu, what do you think of Miku, his wife? Because I really like her. Well, this is the thing I was going to come to. It's not so much I don't like Tatsu, it's that I don't like the way he's positioned in the world and the fact that he's seemingly oblivious to this whole world, and but he's also clearly not oblivious because he's smarter than that, and yeah, etc. Tatsu more rubbed me up the wrong way rather than disliking him. I actually really like all the supporting cast, though. Uh, I like the wife because uh, you in these chapters we read, we've essentially got three supporting cast, uh, four if you count like an extra Yakuza character that's around sometimes. Uh, so we've got the who I'm going to call the the friend, even though the even though I wouldn't really call them friends. Who's also realized that the he's got the friend who realizes that he, the the yakuza life and the house husband life are two sides of the same coin. I guess you'll you'll never you won't remember this, but yeah, Massa is that character, right? Yeah, okay. So yeah, we've got Massa who thinks that, and so he's trying to learn. He is an actual yakuza still. And he's trying to learn how to be a house husband to make him a better Yakuza. Specifically part of the same clan as Tatsu as well. Yes, or the one he was a part of, yeah. So there's that, there's that guy. Then there's the wife as well, whose name I also don't remember. Miku! And then there's the guy you meet at the very end of what we read, who had just been released from prison. And he's around for at least a chapter. He appeared in a chapter, so I, I don't count I can say I, I wouldn't count him. I, I got vibes of him... Like actually showing up again in the future, though. I I would say I think that was probably one of my favorite chapters. That one. Yeah, it's just showing how people who are forced to leave the yakuza have to make ends meet somehow. Well, it's more it's more just like the fact like he's he's from a rival clan to Tattoo's former one, and mm. obviously he's just come out of prison. And you know, usually in that sort of case, you would expect them to just go right back to what they were doing before prison. Mm-hmm. But no, he's he's left the yaks away, he started a crepe van, mm-hmm. and then he sees Tatsu and he's like, oh, you motherfucker, and they're talking, they're like arguing with each other, and it's like, oh, there's only one way we can settle this then. Oh shit, they're gonna fight! Yeah, you're just like, oh my god, they're gonna fight. You know, usual gag for the manga type thing, like, oh, they're mm-hmm. gonna do the Yakuza thing, and then they don't, and they end up having a cook-off essentially, like, the guy from prison makes some crepes and Tatsu makes a jelly 
thing. Yeah. And then they're like, post, post pictures to Instagram, and it's like, who gets the most likes? And Tatsu gets one like, which is more <laughs> yeah. than the other person with zero. Yeah, that, I thought that was Very funny. realistic, yeah. <laughs> I Two hours later, <laughs> one like. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's also meant to be implied that like he, Tatsu broke up that guy's clan, so essentially yeah. yes. beat yeah. that guy's clan out of existence. Well, so. I, think the, I think the point is that was the clan we keep hearing about yes. where Tatsu went in with a lead pipe. He's done it to multiple. He, he has, but yeah. All right. I didn't get that, but yeah, sure. I believe you. Uh, you see, like, in the first scene where you see, like, him flashback to his past, it's implied that he broke up 10 clans in one night. So he's a beast. Apparently. But yeah, I, th- I think my favorite chapters were just more the ones where it's him and Miku. Like, I think their chemistry together is magnificent and really charming. So the one with her in the shopping mall, and she's trying to help him become more cute. Trying to make him dress more normal. Yeah. And then every piece of clothing he picks out is just more yakas of clothing. This entire manga is adorable. Um, it is very charming, and Miku the wife is very much a big part of that. It does continue to make me question how these two characters could have gone together when their life experiences are so vastly different. True love, Mike. True love. D- true love needs to have an ability for two people to appear in the same space and recognize each other on that level. You can't just say true love and then walk out the door and find someone that you've I've never met before. Over the past fe- centuries, you can just say they love each other now and then that's it. Problem solved. Like just just as an assumption, Mike, I would assume after one of his missions or whatever, he's a bit beat up. Miku finds him, nurses him back to health, they fall in love. There you go. See, the, the only thing that I can piece together, because one thing we do know about her is she is a career-driven woman who is a designer. And a weeaboo. She's a bit of a weeaboo, yes, but um, yes. Or whatever the Japanese equivalent of that is. Uh, otaku. otaku. That's the word, yep. And, yeah, and I think the implication is that she did some design work for or around him, and that's how they met. Is she some sort of interior I designer or something? I've never got that implication at all. I think it's what they'll say. I think there's a slight implication at one point that she yeah, found him one day when he was battered and beaten up. So uh, that's that's the most you'll find out in these two volumes. Maybe that's well, just so what I, 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 I never even got that implication. It's just that is my assumption of how it happened. It's like one panel where she's reflecting on how he was when she met him for the uh, first right. time. And he is in that beaten up state. So again, an assumption, but... Yeah, again, that's all you're getting in these two volumes, so. Yeah, this lack of seemingly large amount and also lack of backstory in this is quite frustrating to me. And it does put down on the whole thing. Uh, because if you're going to have Slice of Life, it, you does, in my mind, Slice of Life does need to be different, which this is. Um, and so it gets points on that front. But it also loses points because as a Slice of Life, it has basically no foundation in what we consider as known knowledge like what we what do we know about this situation we have what we're told not what we actually know we just we just told these things that have happened and now he's different but we didn't know how he was before kind of thing and that's frustrating to me it's really frustrating just as a reader and i know my bar for slice of life is quite high 
Um, like it has to be really fucking good for me to enjoy it. But this is so frustrating to read because of that fact. Like it overshadows everything in my opinion. And you can absolutely do episodic slice of life, but you need some sort of grounding, some sort of foundation to be able to build that episodic structure off of. And ugh. It just doesn't have any. It's like this is the situation, go. Like, oh that's not mm, that's not how you build character. The characters we get are great. They are. Like even Tatsu has his has some great quirks about him. Even though I don't even though something about me does rub me up the wrong way. It's just Yeah, it's just, it's tough. <laughs> my my big complaint is actually specifically around Tatsu, it's just the fact and I appreciate it's all done this way for the purposes of the gag. Or it's the fact that he's very much still in the Yakuza mindset. It's like, you know, if you're trying to leave that behind, you you would be talking more like a normal person. You would be you'd perhaps try and dress a bit more normal and things like that. It's just everything to him is still he's he's still in the Yakuza. It's almost like he's got PTSD kind of thing <laughs> where he just keeps flashing back like in fact, we do get that in one scene where they're going to buy a car. Yes, he's actually. like, "Oh, is, it, is this glass bulletproof?" And she's like, "No, no, we don't offer that on this model because it's just like a basic bitch car." And then, like, she's like "Oh, let's take it for a test drive." And just every person he sees out on the street is like, "Oh my god, they're trying to kill me!" <laughs> yeah, like pulls out a gun to try. Yeah, I was gonna say triggered by the salesperson who keeps yeah. saying stuff like. You gotta watch out for dangers. Like danger, the danger everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found that chapter a bit because it's not like in any other chapter he has this kind of like PTSD style flashback. So it just felt a little weird that suddenly he's in a car and now everyone's the enemy. It's like uh, uh, okay. Yeah, I, I would by no means say he's having flashbacks regularly or anything, but it he just sort of has that kind of mindset in to me because it is just he treats everything as though he's got to do it, as though he's still part of the accident. Like with the broken figure, he's got to bury it six feet under the ground. Like with the rumber, he's got to keep an eye on the rocky because you can't trust him. And... See, I would really acidate. So on the one hand, I agree because I can see where you're coming from. On the other hand, it's probably a case of I would assume he's therefore been in the Yakuza so long that he's kind of... Especially if he's been in there since... He... Well, obviously, again, we don't know. But if he'd been there since like a young age, then Generally have been, that yes. would probably be just how his mind is programmed now. And... That's very difficult to overwrite, even if you decide to have a fresh start. It is, but... You do get um, that in real life as well. Like, generally speaking, if you're part of any organized crime syndicate, uh, whether it's mafia, yakuza, cartels, whatever, you started at a very young age doing very small stuff and built on it over time. Uh, nobody starts as a middle-aged dude who uh, really needs some money, you know? <laughs> nobody, nobody gets in that way. And so by the time people do eventually get out, they really can't drop the Yakuza mannerisms anymore. Even when they try to dress casual, they still end up wearing something that looks crazy mafia-ish, because that's just how they've defined their internal that, sense that of style. That is their style. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, like you do see that a lot, but it, this manga absolutely takes it to an extreme. As you say, it is for the gag. Like, it is for comedy purposes, and like that is the whole shtick of the manga. And... So I know you could, we could be criticized for criticizing that aspect of it, but I get it. Well, I think the thing for me is like, obviously the whole point is he's trying to leave that life behind so he can be 
a perfect house husband for his wife who he loves a lot and it's just we don't really see him trying to change that aspect of himself like he's obviously he's improving himself in all his housework and whatnot but in terms of presenting himself he's still very much presenting himself as a yak as a member rather than trying to reform into a house husband he's more acting like a yakuza who is taking on being a house husband as a job yeah with the yakuza well that probably ties in as well to his um delusions isn't the right word but his mentality as it were where he kind of blanks out the yakuza elements of his life i think he just sees that as who he is rather than something that needs to be fixed so to speak Mm. Yeah, it's just a bit of a disconnect as far as characterization goes. And uh but again, it's all done for the jokes and yeah. I honestly can't fault the comedy in this thing whatsoever. Uh when it's combined with the cast and the supporting cast, it's it's on point at every stage. All of the physical gags work, uh all of the verbal ones work, all of the implied gags work as well. Um, a personal favorite of mine is he, he uh, gets a bit of a he can't sit still anymore at home, so he gets a bit of a hoarding tendency. So he starts just buying shit from the internet, and so then he needs to go to uh, like a flea market to sell his extra crap, and so he does that. And then while he's at the flea market, he's very intimidating, can't sell stuff, blah blah blah. More character characterization jokes. And yes. but then uh, he uh, encounters some other yakuza from a rival clan that are starting to move into their territory, who are shaking down the people at the market. So like, hey, who gave you permission to be here? You got to pay tribute, etc. Standard mafia stuff. And when they come over to him, they see him like, oh my god, it's a mortal tattoo, the usual shit. So then he says, let's not do this here. You know, the constant gag of. Let's take this outside. Yeah, it's it's the constant gag in this. And so he takes them to a back alley to do the deal. And this entire time, he, he then starts handing them random pieces of junk that he's bought. So, like, random household items. So, and then somehow everyone always sees... A running gag in this is everyone always sees code in what he's saying, even though he's being 100% earnest. This is how the police officers ended up thinking he was doing a drug deal, even though, again, he was just doing something quite earnestly. And so in this scene, he says, okay, let me offer you this. Here is a potato peeler. Oh my God, he's going to peel all our skin off. Okay, then yeah. how about this? It's a toy you can use in the bath. In the bath, he's going to drown us. It's like, <laughs> And I'm not doing the joke justice. It is a lot funnier than I'm describing it, but I, I get that how funny it is and it and it's so well written that it is and like the guy's like paralytic with fear like he's literally falling over in fear because he's he's so scared at the implications that he's made up in his own mind because of the legend of this man the amount of people who fall on their ass when they uh see tatsu oh yeah that's a very common reaction i will say i, I quite enjoyed one of the uh bonus chaps i think it was the second one mm-hmm it might even be that guy who was getting offered the potato peeler. I think it was that guy, yeah. Uh, I was like, all right, got to work out, got to strengthen my knees. So <laughs> next time we come across Tatsu, won't be any problem. So you see him doing all these workouts, taking like protein supplements and everything. Mm -hmm. And then you just see him walking down the street. They just casually see Tatsu and he just immediately 
folds over. <laughs> but he does it very flexibly using his knees. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I think the whole point was like he was he was strengthening his knees so he doesn't go weak in the knees was the way I interpreted it. <laughs> right, okay. That makes a little more sense actually. <laughs> that that was how I interpreted it at the very least. I I could be wrong on that. But then no, yeah, yeah, he, ju- he just sees Tatsu and he's just literally falls down bending at the knees <laughs> it, like it looks very uncomfortable but... it does yeah also goes back to another episode where um he's doing trying out yoga for the first time and what do you call this position yeah like every time people keep asking what do you think this pose is called and he starts calling out mafia or yakuza scenarios that that might apply in so this one's like one of them's like the pose that you take when you've been shot and you're falling to the ground. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then eventually, because he keeps calling out these weird mafia situations, uh, his wife eventually goes, eh, maybe you don't have to keep calling them out. <laughs> I don't think it was his wife, but oh, yeah. That was, that's but... the class instructor. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's it's class instructor or like some of the housewives he went with because he's part of like the... Mm-hmm. He he is part of like the women's association, neighborhood watch, like, know, whatever. Yeah. It's like some sort of neighborhood yeah. social organization. Yeah, it's it's like all the housewives and things. But obviously, he joins because he is a house husband. He is a house husband, and I will give the credit where credit's due. No one questions it. There's not even a sniff of oh, you're a man doing a woman's job. Nothing like that. I mean, in the nicest way, Mike. You, yeah, you come across. The infamous Yakuza member. He tells sure. you he is now a house husband. Are you going to question it? I will go. Of course, sir. Would you like my house to do that in? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the implication is also that this is this arrangement's been going on for a while, so they're kind of yeah. They still find him weird, but they're used to him like being uh, yeah. yeah, all, yeah. All, all the other housewives and things like yeah, he's a bit weird, but actually he's really nice. Yeah, it has been implied that all of his Yakuza life was several years ago at this point like this is this is not a new development so stuff has had time to develop in the background but it's frustrating that you don't get to see any of that happen mm. i suppose it's worth asking then because this is a thing that has come up when we've done comedy series before so having mm. read now two volumes of this and it's episodic as we mentioned so like it's 18 chapters and i think like five or six bonus chapters if you were reading those as well yeah something like that are you still like are you still enjoying it or do you think the joke is starting to get stale that's the thing for me. It both. <laughs> it really does vary from chapter it's like to chapter. As committal as ever. And I, I actually completely understand why Mike's saying both. They're like, it is just the same joke over and over, but it does at least try and keep it fresh each yeah. chapter. It does make me wonder. I have no idea how many chapters long this is. I think it's seven or eight volumes. But if every episode or every chapter is a different episode of this guy's life, if every Chapter is a new or different hijinks. I have no idea how they could keep it fresh for that long. There's about 70 to 75 chapters at the moment. Yeah, I don't know how they could say he's a Yakuza, but he's also a house husband and it still be funny. I don't know. Like as, as far as the state of the end of these two chapters, I can definitively say that I am not sick of it. Definitely not sick of it. But it's on the fucking edge if they don't do something to continue to make that joke funny or change up the joke in some way. Because even at the end of what we read, I was like, so it's the okay, it's the same joke. Right. 
Because, yeah, I get that being a Yakuza is a pretty wide, broad brush to stroke with on this one, but it's it's like, yeah, eventually you're going to run out of scenarios. How does it stay fresh after that? So worried for the future is probably my statement on that in that question. Because the comedy we've had so far has been really good. Every single joke, and, and I'm pretty sure I'm saying this, but every single joke without exception made me actually properly laugh. It wasn't like gentle chuckle. It was like it was act. It was actual laughs, and that was that's that's new for me. I don't normally have this much joy in my life. It's just it, it was funny, undeniably. So I really hope they can keep it going. Oh, he's in the comedy winner, don't you know? That doesn't surprise me at all, honestly. Uh, if you told me it was an Eisner winner for plot and writing, <laughs> then no, I would. That would be like how. But comedy doesn't surprise me at all, whatsoever. It's it's solid all the way through, and it is really reflected well in the art style too. Which and again, I don't think the art style really has any faults in it. I would say, and I'm thinking it's intentional. The only character in it that I have any fault with is in terms of art is the wife Mi- Miku. Miku. Yes. Miku, yeah. It's the only one I have a problem with because she's a little generic looking. And I'm thinking that's kind of on purpose. Yeah, I think she is just meant to be a standard career woman. At least visually. Yeah, like and I'm pretty sure that's kind of the point. Like it's he's going to the simple, normal life, as it were. And it's meant to be emblematic of that. I mean, don't get me wrong, she she looks good. Like the art on her is good. It's just it seems it's a very generic looking design by comparison to all the other characters. Like you can even tell the cats apart in this, you know? And she's the only one who, if she was standing in a crowd, I probably couldn't pick her out. See, I've got to admit, if I do have one fault with the art, I don't think Kosuke Ono is the best at drawing animals. Like the cat isn't, it's not badly drawn by any means, but you can tell. It doesn't seem to be their strong point. Drawing oh, animals. sure. Like, it looks like a cat, but it's clearly not a cat. <laughs> I know what you mean. It's not a realistic representation of a cat, but you can, you can tell what it is. Yeah, it's, it's glorified a bit for the purposes, of, especially when it's running riot and wrecking the house in a, as Mike will tell you, very believable scenario. Fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> the day we recorded this, I woke up, went downstairs to find... Several items in my house had been torn away from where they lived and all stuffed in the alcove in front of my front door, including a poster formerly on the wall, a skirting board also formerly on the wall, a pile of mail on a table, and two cat toys that were in different rooms in the house. <sighs> yep. Ah, Fucking cats. <laughs> could be worse. There could be just a poo in the middle of it all. That also happens a lot, but it didn't simultaneously happen. Uh, good thing I love them so much, or I would have yeeted them long ago. But yeah, that's 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 life. I, I think I'm in pretty much a similar boat to you in regards to like, the, am I sick of it or not? Like, I like the comedy of this. I rarely laugh out loud when I'm reading stuff. It's just how I am. But I've I've learned over the years from like anime and such. It's very easy for comedy and this kind of thing to turn me off if it's over exaggerated or if it's fan servicey or if it's lol random. I never, like, I mentioned the over-exaggeration, this one's justified, so that's fine. I never got, like, turned off, as it were, by any of the comedy in this. I feel that it hits its beats very well. It knows what it's doing, and it accomplishes that. So, yeah, I 
I don't know if I'm getting sick of it per se, but it, I mean, it will tie to something I bring up in the end of the episode. But I can definitely understand that. Yeah, yeah. At this point, you're like, this is great at all, but I need come volume three. I need something more to keep me going. And here's the thing: this is actually competently written to the point where, even though if, as we say in the first couple of issues, first couple of chapters, yeah, had a bit of a shaky ending. Some of the chapters, I would say, it definitely learns from those mistakes very quickly and it becomes very competently written so i would happily give it the benefit of the doubt that it is going to do something to either shake up or improve or strengthen the formula in some way uh, it's just at this point i'm apprehensive because we're getting to that point where it really needs to happen and uh yeah it's not there yet so we'll see but i, I give i give it the benefit of the doubt that it could absolutely do that in the future yeah, and uh, I don't know how much more there is to discuss, really, at this point. <laughs> no, but I mean, as said, there's not really any plot. It's we, We've told the one gag in its many scenarios. I do like the amount of scenarios that we do get. They, they are varied. They are very varied. Like, every episode truly is its own individual hijinks. It is a... It is a stony-faced Yakuza man trying to live a basic-ass normal life. And all the things... Suburban life, specifically. Upper-middle-class suburban life, specifically. Which makes it even weirder that apparently the Yakuza elements leak into this area. Like, there's, there's this is part of a Yakuza territory. Because I don't think um, upper-middle-class suburbia really has a lot of yakuza overlap but i what the fuck do i know it's a little weird but okay and i love how these elements do start to leak into regular life i like how it is played for laughs it's always played for laughs but this guy is always a unique force of nature wherever he goes he always has a, he, you could argue, in fact, that he is a bit of a Gary Stu as well, like we've seen before, because he seems to have the perfect solution for every problem. Like, every problem. Like, he is never stumped. In fact, he is, like, actually hit, like, once, I think, in this. At least once, yeah. Yeah, so he's not, like, immortal. But he always has the immediate response for every situation he's in. Are you trying to say... If you're saying this is a Gary Shu, that the uh, author uh, drawer is uh, a Yakuza, Mike. Is that what you're saying? I am not saying that. <laughs> I'm saying they, they clearly know a lot about it, though. But yeah, that's, it's hard to say anything bad about this guy. But that also means that he doesn't have a lot of character depth. I do love, you talked about the extreme comedy of the situation. I do love his responses to stuff and how immediate they are uh, because, you know, some things need, require an immediate response. When we meet uh, Hatsu? Hatsu. The friend character. Masu. Matsu. Damn it. Well, when we meet him the first time, uh, the first time we meet him, he is part of the same clan or part of the same clan that he was a part of. And he's being, uh, being buzzed. He's being hustled by a couple of people from the rival cat clan that's moving in. And then he sees Tatsu. He's like, oh man, that's Tatsu. He's going to help me. 
At which point he's like, hey, yeah, yeah, we're friends. You, he's going to help me, right? And he just starts slapping the shit out of him. I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt. Like, I swear that's the chapter where he's been, like, Mass has been surrounded by guys. Yeah. And he's like, wait a minute, I'll just Google how to fight guys. <laughs> that does happen, yeah. yeah. Like, the first time I read it, I was like, this has to be, like, a scandation joke. There's no way. No one's that stupid. No one would be in the fight and be like, hold on, guys, hold on. We just Google. I've got no bars here. Let me just Google how to fight. I'm like, no, that's what actually happens. <laughs> I, say, I, d- I don't think it was how to fight. It was more how many guys can one person take on. And he was basically trying to figure out is is that an unreasonable number of people to try and fight? He is also already injured in that scene. Like, as a the standard anime plaster across his cheek, band aid on his cheeks kind of thing, and. I interpreted that more as a, this guy is going to get beaten the shit up. He's like, wait, 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 hold on a minute. And then like, why are you stalling? Oh, the reception here is terrible. So like, he just, he knew he was going to get beaten up anyway. And he was just stalling is the way I saw that. But yeah, no, you are right. You are right about that. And how dumb that joke, that particular joke is Googling how to fight guys, essentially. But then, yeah, instead of helping Tatsu just slaps the shit out of him. Like you got into this mess, you can get out of it. Do it yourself. DIY. <laughs> DIY, yeah. Because that's the issue where it's where he's doing DIY, yeah. He learns how to do DIY and he can do it perfectly immediately. Like he can do everything perfectly immediately. Say so he does it perfectly as she ma- he makes a chair. Um... I, that's a better damn better chair than I could make first try. I, I think it's more like he's very good at following instructions from his Yakuza time, so he followed the instructions. Yeah, that's fair. It it didn't look like a particularly fancy chair, like it was a kid's chair. It was just a couple of bits of wood with some paint on it. Made out of one two by four. Two two by fours. Was it two oh, okay. Because the one that he gets hit with earlier in that same chapter, it's like, oh that's a fine piece of wood. Make a great just, chair just out of that. What you want, sturdy. <laughs> yeah. But like this, I can believe he had an easier time building that wooden chair than, say, the last chair I tried to help build, which was a nightmare, as Phil will know. <laughs> Stupid chairs. Uh, the only chairs I've ever put together, personally, are like desk wheelie chairs. Yeah, that—that's what we were putting together. Yeah, that, it never goes well. Oh God, all. no, no, never. Like the reason why sometimes. A couple of these may have gone through the edit. You can hear creaks in my chair, or if you're on my stream, you hear creaks in my chair all the time because uh, the holes aren't aligned properly because that's just how desk chairs go. Either that, or I did something horrendously wrong. Honestly, either is possible. And it could or be it's just that old at this point. Nope, it's been creaking since the beginning of life. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> the holes aren't aligned properly. So, yeah. Building stuff, not easy, but he manages to do it straight up first time. Because it's not all following instructions. It's the same with, like, cooking. It's one of the plot points I hated in House. Have you ever watched that in the later seasons? Oh, man. Taking me back. Yeah. Yeah, because he tries to quit medicine at one point, and he needs to switch over his addiction to something else. So he switches over to cooking, and he's just this, he's this savant at cooking all of a sudden. I was like, that's not how that works. You can't just follow instructions and be an amazing cook. Now, I would yeah. say one thing, Mike. Yeah. In what point of house did you get the feeling he followed instructions? 
fair, but that makes it even more unlikely that he would just be good at this first the time one, out the gate. I could, I could see him. I could see him being good at cooking. The one that got me was when he was good at skateboarding. Immediately, I was like, sure. "What?" Yeah, <laughs> In like the few chapters bit. where his legs back to normal, it's like, "What?" <laughs> yep, you, you see him uh, fail a jump like twice, and all of a sudden he's a skateboarder. But yeah, uh, that's. That, that, yeah, I get the same sort of idea with this manga. It's like, you can be the best at following instructions. You cannot just do these things without a shit ton of practice. The cooking, I'm willing to let go because it's implied he's been doing this for a while, so he should have had the practice. But and building a chair classes. and yeah, and goes to a lot of classes. But yeah, um, when it comes to things like DIY, no... I get it. It's all for comedy. It's for a gag. You got to suspend your disbelief. But ugh, just things like that eat away at your suspension of disbelief, or at least it does mine. And it just becomes. I don't care how good you are at following instructions. It's it's not that easy. Nothing ever comes that easy except to this guy, who's apparently trained to do everything. He is Batman. He's Batman. He's Yakuza Batman. He's trained to do everything, and therefore he's perfect at everything. <laughs> Like, oh, it's, it's a, takes you out of it a bit, at least does me. I've never had any particular problem with it. Like, I mean, I, admittedly, I have never built my own chair to that extent. Mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, yeah, have you ever built a spice rack? That's, that's like the go to <laughs> starting point for men's DIY, right? Sure. Sure. But the thing is, like, I, I did design technology in sixth form. I've, I've done woodwork. It's, mm-hmm. Honestly, if you've got a set of instructions and you know how to use the tools, which generally, I I imagine a Yakuza would probably know how to use. They know how to use saws and drills, yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I think that's a reasonable assumption. I, I could absolutely believe you could build a chair. It wouldn't be a great chair, and the one we're shown is by no means spectacular. Yeah, so I, I, can, I can believe it. Yeah. Like, whatever, I don't know. T- to me, it just comes down to this. It's like, every time I want to compliment this thing, I feel the need to say, yeah, but all of this stuff makes me dislike it. And it's not like that with most of the other things we read. It's usually like, this is really, really good, and I'm also discussing the bad parts. Now, this, I feel the need to always balance it out because it's just, there's all there's so many little things that build up to eroding the goodwill that this thing has i will say that goodwill is probably higher than the bad stuff against it but it's it's definitely there and it cannot be ignored at least i don't think it can it's just rough sometimes to, to give like my, my take on the whole gary stufe i mean first if it's a choice between the yakuza slash house husband who seems pretty good but isn't like a god or anything or any isekai where the guy's <laughs> like, hello, I'm here, and I'll never lose from chapter, like, two onwards. Yeah, I, I knew like, this I'll comparison take, I'll made. take this guy. I'll take this guy any day, Mike. Yeah, I, I knew you'd make this comparison, and I was <laughs> oh, avoiding no, I'm it. not predictable, damn it. <laughs> I knew one of you would, anyway, because uh, I wanted to make it as well. And it's like, yeah, I, I don't for... And when I say Gary Stu, I do mean, like, in the smallest possible way. He's not the full definition of a Gary Stu. Like, last week, or sorry, last episode, we, we full-on had a Gary Stu character. So last... I don't know. Uh, which one are you on about? Spider? Slime? Yes, the spider one. We recently had a number of Isekai with Gary Stu in it. 
And those were the gariest of stews out there. The merriest of stews in the spider case, I guess. And yeah, it's this is not that by any stretch. Like, and the very fact that you see this guy like taking a hit every now and again is like is enough to prove that. And he is definitely a far more complex character. Because he does have layers of complexity. He's not just I'm here and invincible. But you do get the feeling that everything he can do has been earned. And so that's good. Uh, and he doesn't have the one token imperfection. He has plenty, which actually makes sense. So when I say he's a Gary Stu, it is to the smallest degree. But it's it is there. There is an element of it. And that, as always, is frustrating in these things. Uh, however, I will also point out that's not what this manga is about. It's not meant to be about the one man whose destiny is to save the world. That's not this. Yeah, this is not this is not an action manga. No, the, even though it's got a Yakuza guy in it, yeah, it's this. Got you'll see some slapping, and that's about it. Yeah, there's a fair amount of I'm gonna call it fighting, but really it's more scuffling. I I don't know. I feel with knives. with a two by four is a fight. Yeah, th- th- this is why I want to say fighting instead, because, yeah. But it's not like prolonged action fight scenes. No, no, it's you're not getting panels and panels of people powering up and firing off the special moves, or... Definitely not. I mean, nobody shouts out, Oh no, he's using his unstoppable 2x4 attack! I mean, it is worth saying that on some of the pages, like with the paneling, this is very... Considering like it's a very rapidly paced thing and the chapters aren't that long, it is absolutely happy to just be like, ah, here's a page of just panels of drawings and there's no text or anything. Which is nice. Oh, yeah. This thing does not overload you with text in any oh, way. Oh, God, no. No. And it could, but it doesn't, which is appreciated. I mean, could it? It, it, it is very much slice of life. I'd be impressed. I'm not saying it couldn't. This reminds me of the time when me and old Gary were in a hole. Yes, like, like I said, I know, I know you could. I would be very surprised if you did, though. I uh, know. I think it could, like, because there is these parts where he is kind of explaining how this relates to his yakuza life, and they could be way more descriptive in those scenes. I'm not saying they need to be at all, but they could have, and it would have been very easy to do that. And be like, this is how this happened, and this is what I would do now, and that's because of this, and then this because of this, and this is how I feel. Like, okay, yeah, this thing is way better at showing rather than telling us those things. The only thing it really glosses over is the uh, is the backstory elements, the things that I think are quite important. So that's not a bad thing. And it could overload you with text, but it doesn't. It is, a, as I say, said before, it's a very competently written piece. Yeah, and a part of competent writing is knowing when not to write. <laughs> it is, yeah, when less is more. Absolutely. Especially like if you're talking about novel writing, then it's deciding which parts... Um, you explicitly say and which parts you leave up to the imagination how far between i'm just going to write what they say and jrr tolkien where'd you sit on that scale (laughs) sure (laughs) and for comics or in this case manga it's uh how much do you tell and how much do you show and so many of the manga we've read for this show so many go way too close to the tell part at which point you can't help but think just write a fucking book like, don't have this subpar art. Just just have a book. They did, and then they did a manga based off the book. <laughs> they shouldn't. And if they're going to do that, adapt it. Don't just 
Don't just vomit the script out, you know? Just adapt it properly. Allow the art to show things that would normally be described. And uh, But for that, you need competent art, which <laughs> can't be having that in your standard isekai. No, what you need is generic faced characters and generic random pieces of cloth strapped to them and shouting and laser beams coming out of people's arseholes. And, and this is like why that. we got you to read a series with a slime and a spider. <laughs> it's something slightly different. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, does anyone? is there anything else anyone wants to raise about this before we... I mean, there was one thing, although I never found a place to naturally slot it in. This thing does right, the... Do you have anything else you want to say about this series? <laughs> there was. I mean, there was only there was one point where, you know, the standard manga thing where they will replace names of famous stuff for most likely for copyright reasons, but also this as a joke. This old chest that we haven't brought up in forever, yeah. Mike, Mike <laughs> loves parody names. I do love parody names, actually. Uh, this one uh, in the episode with Depressed Steven Universe, as you called him. He's like, oh, do you have any games like Mario, Mario Kart? <laughs> but then, which is funny, because I, I love parody names and these things. I just love the how both inventive and also simultaneously lazy they are. They're fantastic. But then in another, in another part, they actually use the word Google. They say to Google something I'm like, what? You can't be saying that. You'll get sued by I Google. I think Google is now considered a Google verb. is now just a verb, yeah. So I know it is, if you're Googling it. I mean, I can't remember what it was, but didn't, well, didn't they have an Instagram parody as well? The, they did use Instagram. I don't know what they called it. Yeah, I don't remember if they called it anything different. I didn't think about that. Also, uh, just because I actually clicked onto one of the chats I've got open here, um, while they might say they're Googling something the phone the art actually says google with two u's rather than two o's does it okay good old google i'm i'm assuming the translator's putting google okay fair enough uh that's the case okay no lawsuit today calm down google (laughs) yeah there's a i it's a complete tangent point but uh for the longest time within the google corporation you could actually be reprimanded i don't know if this is still the case maybe it is you could be reprimanded if you ever said to someone that they should Google something. They had to say Google search it because they were worried about losing the copyright on their own company name. Because to Google something is common vernacular, and if it's common vernacular, you can't yeah. copyright it. Crazy. I mean, firstly, if, if the world showed us anything, yeah, you can. <laughs> if you're quiet enough about it, you I, can copyright I'm going to copyright the word edge. Like, what? Okay. <laughs> sure. Here we are. Yeah, pretty much. It's uh, Instagram. Ah, okay. Totally different. Yeah. Totally different. Can't sue us, Facebook. Does Facebook own Insta? Yes. Yeah, okay. I think so. Facebook owns Instagram, WhatsApp. Oh, no, I know it owns WhatsApp. because It's WhatsApp powered by Messenger. It's like, great. Mm-hmm. Messenger, obviously. Yeah. I think it owns another one, but I don't remember what it is. But yeah, Instagram, definitely. Well, there we go. So, hey, if nothing else, you learn something from the way of the house husband. There you go. I sure. Actually, I learned a lot from this. Yeah. Okay. I I had this as a point that I didn't then bring up and completely forgot. This is surprisingly fun. At like, I'm just going to teach you random household things, but in the context <laughs> of comedy chapters. Yeah. So. I I can only think of one instance. So what please can, enlighten me. What's the instance you can think of? The when he's washing clothes. 
I had to get stones out. Sure. There's also the when the Roomba's not doing a standard, a good enough job. Like, no, you got to get in the corners. That's where this all is. You got to pull all the dust out. <laughs> Stuff like uh, that. Um, okay. Yeah. Something I about. I mean, there's the one we hit by a two by four. Ah, oh, yeah, sturdy, good for DIY. I, I wouldn't call that a teaching point, there, Mike. There was something to do with food, like how to tell if it's fresh or something. Something with meat or something like that in one of the chapters. They are discussing about how the butcher cuts his meat at one point. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So there's lots of little tidbits in there as well, which is it's it's cute. It's quaint. Yeah, I mean, when the guy cooks the for the sham salesman, there's like yeah, little does, yeah. there, like oh, how he's made he's added some fish paste, which just makes this have a really homely taste. Like oh, oh god, that joke doesn't go anywhere. Like it doesn't. Like oh, no, he, that's one of the early chapters, so it just ends. Yeah, it's uh, the joke. There is it's a salesman who's selling door to door knife salesman. It's it's a thing, and so he turns up with like this this uh, demonstration knife. And then they imply that the the ones that he actually has to sell are cheap knockoffs, and so he gives the gives Tatsu the the demonstration ones. Like, ah, oh, yes, this is a good knife. He swings it around as if he's attacking people with it, and then he's like, "I'm going to show you how this really works." Looks like he's going to stab him, and then he just uses it to cut up to slice some food and make him a great meal. And then does does he does he buy the knives? Yeah, that's that's it. Does he buy them? Does he does he beat up the guy? Does the guy uh, in a in a fit of of being apologetic, like no, I cannot allow you to buy such inferior knives? Does he grow a conscience and leave? Like, what? there's no resolution, none at all. It just it just stops. Like, I, okay. Yeah, like like I said, that that's chapter two, and it has a similar problem that chapter one has, where it's just like that's the end. Yeah. See you next week for it. It reminds me of the joke in Future Armor. Which where everything ends and it's all back to normal. I yeah, mean. next next week everything will be all back to normal. It just pans out and, and New, New York is just leveled. Yeah, it's kind of like Megas XLR has that joke every week where oh, New Jersey has yeah. to get destroyed. Megas XLR it it levels the levels the horizon every single episode. Yeah, New Jersey has to get destroyed every episode. I'm pretty sure that was a whole thing they explicitly said when they were writing it it had to get leveled every episode and then next episode everything was fine again well i vaguely again i've, I've never show. actually sat down and watched mega sex outside random episodes but i'm sure there's an episode where it's pretty much gotten to the end and it hasn't been leveled and they're like man this is this is different and then something happens something innocuous happens that just levels the whole city yeah yes that absolutely happens like yeah, we resolved the whole issue, but something doesn't feel right, and then the whole ep- the whole place gets leveled. Like, ah, there we go. <laughs> Fucking love that show. <laughs> it, it was great. Yeah, and it didn't go on too long, which is a good thing. Sad, but also good. Although, bringing that back to this, seven, eight volumes? Uh, <laughs> I'm concerned. 70-ish chapters, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. Somewhere I... between 70 and 75. I'm concerned that this would go on too long in that regard. Because is it is it ongoing? Yeah, it's ongoing, right? Yes, I believe so. It has only been running for like three years. Still, I, I'm worried about the longevity of the joke at the end of Volume 2. How the fuck is it going to look at the end of Volume 7 or 8? Yeesh. Well, I mean, I guess... Uh, Phil, is there anything else you wanted to say about this before we move on? Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, I- Umming and ahhing about it, but I thought I may as well 
mention it. It is a series I've thought about making us read at some point. Uh-huh. It's a bit of an older one, but this actually really reminds me a lot of a series called um, Angel Densetsu. I don't know if either of you have heard of that one. Uh, describe the vague, Bell. Basically, yeah. the idea is it's about a high school boy who, because of his appearance, everyone assumes he's like a delinquent, a heroin addict, or, or just like the worst of society kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And like people from other schools are coming, like, oh yeah, I want to come take on this guy. Everyone says he's like the biggest, baddest guy, and thinks he's just like the sweetest person in the world. Like, you know, wouldn't harm a fly. But everyone just keeps misjudging him because of his appearance. And I kind of get similar vibes from this. Sort of like flipped around a bit, but it's a similar sort of premise where it's like person is being misconstrued, I suppose. Yeah, that's a thing which you see a lot in manga, actually. Like this, this idea, while it's never been done to this extreme, the idea of the central character of this is not new. You constantly in manga get that kind of idea, whereas like this gruff-looking guy is actually the sweetest guy in the world because it's the very bare bones of playing with expectation. Don't get me wrong; it's particularly as a character, you get it a lot. Like, oh, here's the delinquent; they're they're going to beat people up. And it's like, no, actually, they're just a really nice person. Mm-hmm. But you don't tend to get it as like the central plot that often. No, no, you don't. Normally, it's like they are a supporting character or something. Yeah, and that's usually because the issue we're having with the comedy is like it runs out very quick. Yeah, but uh, yeah, say it reminds me a lot of that manga. I do recognize it now. I've googled it. I recognize the character. So I think it had an anime or something at one point. Yeah, I'm going to assume I've seen an episode of that. So yeah, I, I would assume that's where you've seen it from anyway. But that that was quite interesting. But I think that gets around the issue this has the gag where it's got more of the sporting cast and you get more sort of varied situations going on and things like that. And so it, it is a bit different because obviously he isn't Yakuza or anything. He is just a normal person. Everyone just believes to be Yakuza because of his appearance. Oh man, do you know what this suddenly I knew the structure of this reminded me of something. I was like it's been bothering me ever since I've read it. This is this is one punch man. <laughs> this is one punch man this isn't wait for goku the shonen no? no okay no it's not it's not but the idea is it's all based around this one character who can fix everything in a single stroke and because of that they can't just have them be there at the behest of every situation he, they need to get through some struggle to get the guy there to be able to do it and they, by doing that they use they heavily lean on the supporting cast. It's One Punch Man. <laughs> I I disagree. You're allowed to disagree. It's a very loose idea. <laughs> I feel every chapter in this revolves around Tatsu. It's not here's some other say. people and then Tatsu shows up. It's also the main character is desperately trying to do like normal shit all the time. But yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'll admit there's a few holes. He's doing normal shit. It's not like One Punch Man where the most you see is like he's buying some shopping and counting out coins. Like... He waters plants and tries to catch the sails sometimes. They're basically the same. Okay, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> one has giant crab monsters. The other one has 
Mr. Bear Bear. Uma Bear the, Bears. The, the, the Mr. Bear Bears, yeah. The Mr. Bear I don't, Bears, I don't yeah. know if that's some translation joke. Uh, I'm not getting it, but... <laughs> yeah, there's a rival gang at one point. It's I like that, that though, just because you, after everything you've been built up, you think, oh, it's going to be a thing where he craps himself on the pitch because he's like, oh, God, I'm against Tatsu. But no, they just play a nice game of volleyball. Yeah, it's like a, a rival clan shows up to a volleyball tournament, essentially, and that's it. It's not even a tournament. It's just like a, just a random match. Women's volleyball team. Yeah, it's it's just like another local team, and they just have a match. That apparently they've been having a bit of a feud or something. So th- so the ladies get tattooed in to help. I guess they, like they bring in a ringer. Team. They bring in a ringer. Yeah. <laughs> I just love how low stakes that were. Like, there's no real like ah, it's tattoo or anything. They just play the game and then they shake on it at the end. <laughs> to be fair, they never explicitly say those men are Yakuza. It's heavily implied. It's never explicitly said. Sure. Much like One Punch Man, it is there's always crazy high stakes with very little resolution. Or very little needed to resolve, I guess. I mean they did resolve that one. They had the they match did. and then they were all. Yeah, it was a very small a... amount required to resolve, is what I mean. They, they took a nice fun group picture together afterwards. They sure did. And it was yeah, and it's worth charming. saying he lost. Tatsu lost in that one. He sure did. And ob- so then obviously did the uh, thing that you do if you ever watch anything in Japan. He assumes the oh god, I'm so sorry pose. He does that a lot. The dog is there. Repentance, I don't know. If you've seen anything from Japan, you've seen that pose. <laughs> you sure have. You probably don't even know what it's called, because I didn't know what it was called. It's the I've lost a card game pose. It's yes. the um, <laughs> on, your, on your knees, head touching the ground, hands out in front of you. Yes. Pros- prostrating yourselves. Yeah, it's like there is no way you could go from that position to an attacking position kind of thing. Not, not with that attitude. <laughs> I, this is a, another tangent, but uh, in, in when you do karate, you uh, there's a number of poses you have to take throughout various lessons, and uh, you know one of them is something similar to that, and you have to you have to kneel on both on both knees, and you have to do the the prostrating bow um, a few times for various different reasons depending on which karate dojo style you're from, but you have to sit in a very particular position like that. For one thing, you're not sitting, you are very much on your knees, and it hurts like shit until you're used to it. But secondly, you have to have your hands in a very obvious position because of the way Japanese garments, or in this case the gi, is formed. If you have your hands like in the wrong place, you could be hiding a knife under there. So you gotta, you gotta make sure you don't do that. So it's, They're very particular about these poses, is my point. So yes, if you've seen that pose, it absolutely has meaning of I am not going to attack you. I am at your mercy, kind it's of thing. Like, um, I remember something one of my old teachers told me actually about this. So obviously, when when you introduce yourself in Japan, Japanese culture, you sort of bow. Mm-hmm. And he said something you have to make sure you're doing is actually put your head down yes, rather you than like keeping down. it straight where you're looking for. Because otherwise, it kind of looks like you're like, ah, oh, yes, hello, nice to meet you, and now I'm preparing to attack. Yes, it, you very, very literally you have to face yeah, the floor. You have to face the floor, and uh, as long there's a, it's like um, it's kind of like with a handshake where you can do it sarcastically as well if you're not careful. 
Mm. So you have to make sure you bow, but not like bow too low, because that makes you look like you're doing it sarcastically. Yeah, it's <laughs> the whole thing. Again, that that's another it's another whole cultural thing as well, because again, how much you bow is actually also dependent on the difference in social standing as well. So if you're bound to like your boss or your boss's boss, you're expected to bow lower, like as low as you can in some cases, depending on the difference. Mm-hmm. How much you buy depends on how good your back is. <laughs> I, sure. you, you can say that, but again, yeah, it, it's a cultural thing in Japan. It, it's supposed to show the relevant standings almost. Also, if you have a really bad back and you still bow low, that's respect right there. Yeah. There you go. And yes, you, you get a lot of that in in this manga as well. Like You see that pose a lot. And it's basically every time he screws up, I guess, yes. or perceives himself to have screwed up. Yes, he prostrates himself. Yes, whenever he has to, like one time he uh, accidentally walks into the women's locker room, I think in that exact same chapter we're talking about. Uh, that's after he's had yoga class. Right, okay. And uh, then, of course, that's, that's shameful behavior. So he prostrates himself so hard he smacks his head on the floor. Yeah, but then he also puts himself into a weird position is like, tie me up to Take me into the mountains and do whatever. <laughs> yeah, bury me in the mountains. Like, what? <laughs> well, he's just in like a really weird position for it. Because, like, yeah, that's how you, that's the position you tie people up in, obviously. But to be fair, that's also one of the jokes because then the ladies he's with is like, oh man, yoga's doing him really good because he's <laughs> yeah. really flexible. Well, maybe he's actually really good for yoga, <laughs> even though he calls all these things weird shit. This is a weird one. This is a weird manga. Sure. Uh, anything else anyone wants to bring up? I think that's pretty much it. Brilliant. Well, in that case, uh, we'll bring it to the uh, the usual conclusions. And you know what? We'll uh, I'll go first this time. Oh around. shit, son! I know, right? So, would I read more, buy more, or watch more? Well, uh, as I mentioned at the very top, uh, the anime adaptation is shit, so that's out the window. <laughs> uh, in terms of reading more and buying more. So I don't hate this. I, I'm not massively in love with it per se. Like a Japanese comedy rarely gets to me that way. Like I don't hate it, but I certainly how to phrase it. I think my predominant problem with this is so I when I'm reading slash buying manga, I do most of it physically, and the physical release of, I've got volume one here. The physical release of this is nice. Uh, you get like nine chapters and three bonus ones in it, and it's ten pounds. With the amount lack of actual forward momentum on the plot, I very much worry that after three or four volumes, which is like thirty to forty pounds, would I really want to keep paying ten pounds for something that doesn't I've already kind of seen potentially the best of? Like, I don't. It's a weird one. Like, I don't think a series absolutely needs like a plot hook that you need to have to keep moving forward. I have a different stance to Mike on that, but at the same time. If you're going to put money towards it, I need a reason to keep putting money towards it. And this doesn't quite seem to have that, I think, is where I'm going for. Which is a shame, because I I like the art. I think uh, when the chapters with Miku in are absolutely brilliant. Uh, it manages to keep the jokes fresh enough. So even though it's the same concept, it's still enjoyable. But considering I also like stuff like Nagatoro, that shouldn't be that surprising. I've got no problem with that. The pacing fixes itself after the first few chapters, hence why I'm pretty confident that that was just a pilot issue thing rather than anything else. So, 
Yeah, like if someone was like, I've got all these volumes, would you like to read them? I'm sure I wouldn't have an issue with that, especially of how quick it is to read. Like it's a very fast read. But if it comes to actually putting money down on it, eh, I'm a bit like considering the cost. If, unless I was able to get it on the cheap, I'm a bit more on the fence with that. So I would like to read more, but I don't think I'd be willing to put down the asking price to read more. Would you do it if you could get it for like three for two? But where could I do such a thing? Um, uh, uh, well, just hypothetical. Hypothetically, hypothetically from the shopping time. Yes. Um, eh, again, I don't know. I don't know what I would price these at. Like, again, I'm not saying manga should be like only a couple of quid a book. I get that's not how you do business. But I, I don't know. Like, I feel there are other series I could read which are either cheaper or I feel offer me more value for money. Which is a cruel way to look at it because it's not like this is bad per se, but no, I actually completely get that. There's there's a lot like, of manga out expensive. there. <laughs> yes, especially when you buy as much as I do. It's like yeah, you have to buy stuff that's gonna. You're you're having Hayate syndrome, as I am now going to <laughs> affectionately refer to it as. Oh sure. Yes. You're not prepared to commit to an unknown amount of volumes. It's not even it's unknown. Even if it was like it's only eight volumes, I'd need to know something happened in the remaining six to make it worth paying the 80 pound or whatever it would be so yeah that's that's my awkward stance i like it but not enough to buy it at least at its current price point slash release type afro to fill next dun 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 so uh i don't believe you had read this before the show right phil i had not yeah well there you go so would you read more would you buy more and uh would you watch the netflix adaptation uh, no to that last one. Hey. <laughs> if only because from literally everything I've heard, it is god-awful. I I would could be inclined to read more for definite. Like, it, it wasn't bad. As you guys said, It was it's spot on with the comedy, I feel. Sort of like, like you, Sean, I have no particular problem with there not being an overarching plot or anything. I don't mind slice of life in general. So that's not an issue for me. So I would have no particular problem reading more. Would I buy it? Again, it's Hayate syndrome. It's kind of, I don't know how many volumes there's going to be. I don't know when it's going to end. I don't know. It, it would depend as well, sort of as you said there, will it keep it fresh somehow or will it just be the same joke over and over and over and over? Because if it's just the same joke over and over and over, I feel like I could buy these two volumes and just be happy with that. So it's tough to say yes for definite, but maybe, possibly in the far-flung future when we know there's 10 volumes and you can get it for however much, I don't know. Yeah, there you go. But so if it pops up in a Humble Bundle one day, you'll be like, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, to be fair, I'd do that with it. Generally, as long as a hum- if there's a Humble Manga Bundle, as long as there is the odd manga I am kind of interested in and it's not an outrageous cost and you get a shit ton of manga, I'm all in. I mean, we, we got all of, I say all of, we got like half a fairy tale for like 10 quid, didn't we, Sean? Yeah, something like that. I mean, it's a, it's a small tangent, so I'll keep it quick considering we're near the end. But uh, and it'll, the bundle will have ended by the time it's about to say, it's it worth mentioning. But uh, I did promote it on the Twitter at the time. The whole, like, Humble have their own Isekai bundle. Which they totally, do. yeah, we planned that. It was totally a tie-in. Yeah, we, we, we emailed Mr. Humble himself and like, yo, 
we, we emailed IGN and we're like, hey guys. It is the surveillance equipment they have in our houses that listen to us talk about these things. Sure. Yeah. But uh, did, That's did, what you buy that, did you buy that bundle, Phil? Or did you choose not I've to? not. Um, thing is, it doesn't look like there's a lot in there. And actually, I don't think I care about most of those series. Phil doesn't care about slime. You heard it. It's here. got one volume of one of the spin-offs. Like, yeah. Um, if it had a few more volumes, or if it had a few volumes of each of the spin-offs, something would be like, yeah, all right, because I'm probably not going to buy them physically. But like, I recognize a couple of the other series, and they're not that great, and the others don't sound particularly interesting to me. Well, there we go. Then. So, uh, but uh, yeah, back to where the house has been. Then me and Phil seeming to exist in a uh, similar points on the spectrum. But uh, to close, let's go to Mike. So Mike, the one who picked this series, and I believe who said originally when asked to it, it was like, "Oh, it sounds like the kind of thing I'll hate." So Mike, it is slice of life. It is slice of life, and if you've listened to this show by now, you know Mike despises all of that unless it's as a manga. Hmm. So. Would you read more, buy more, or watch the Netflix adaptation, Mike? So, to sum my thoughts up, this has an unbelievable cast and unbelievable situations that happen every issue. It is kind of funny, but it's also very absurd. It's annoying at times, but I absolutely can't bring myself to hate it. I want to. I really do. I want to hate it, but it is too damn charming. Like everything in this manga, as frustrating as it can be at times, is completely flooded with this tidal wave of charm and just how quaint the whole thing is and how legitimately funny it is and how competently written it is after those shaky first few chapters. And it's just very well put together. Say, I, I would argue actually, those first few chapters are written well. It's just they don't have an ending. Yes, the abrupt end is really the only thing there. It's like that, that like makes it lose a couple points, but until that point, they're great. So, this is actually a good manga, and I, I absolutely understand the awards and stuff. I had no idea I had any of those awards before this. I didn't think I would hate it, and I guess I don't. <laughs> I do have issues with it. Uh, everything we discussed in the show i have issues with the fact that i don't know if it would still be fresh 10 chap uh, 10 volumes down the line so that's my issue really is longevity and so but in terms of reading more i would absolutely read more of this if i had access to it in terms of buying it that's more complicated because i would love to say yes i would buy this but that issue of longevity and the price and all of that stuff together. So To be fair, I think it's fair to assume for any series we say, yes, we would read more. If money was no object, we would buy it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, if money's no object, I'll buy everything. Why not? <laughs> would you really, Sean? Even Grand Blue? I bought, I bought Loveless. I'll buy it. Yeah, you'd rebuy Loveless. <laughs> no, I wouldn't rebuy it. I'm not going to rebuy <laughs> the ones I've read. Christ, no. But I'm only like five volumes off being up to date at that point, so you know, fuck it. So if when you bring price as the issue, I would not 
if I had the money available immediately, I would not go out and buy all eight of these seven, however many volumes there are, tomorrow, today. I, I English. Yeah, I, okay, I would not buy all of those at once. I just, I just wouldn't. What I would do is I would buy a volume, read it, think about it for a while, and then if I felt like it, buy the next one. You'd go volume by volume. Yeah, exactly. I would buy them one at a time, and even if that's like more expensive in the long run, I would need that amount of time to digest and decide if I wanted to keep reading. And because of the sheer episodic factor of it and the lack of underlying plot, I could probably essentially buy them at random as well. So if I just see one on the shelf one day, I could just buy it. So something I would say sort of there that you kind of made me think of is like with something like this, I feel it is one of those ones where you might have that initial cost up front of buying, say, five volumes. Mm-hmm. Then actually, if you've only got to buy a volume every, I, I don't know how often the volumes come out, every few months, once a year, I don't know. It's kind of like, actually, it's not that bad. Sure, if you if you then look 10 years down the line, you go, oh, shit, I've bought 100 volumes of this. What a waste of money. But actually, if you spread it out over 10 years, it's like, yeah. uh, well, is it that much of an issue? Is this you justifying your purchase of Ayate live on air, Phil? No, no, I'd say that still doesn't work for that. <laughs> you, actually, you say that I, there was a point after we did Hayate, I was like, I'm only like five volumes behind. <laughs> and they're only releasing like a volume a year. Yeah, I will say that does just make me think of like, at this point, Mike, you could just walk into a shop, pick up like volume three or four, flick through it like you can do in a real shop mm-hmm. and be like, that looks like a plot point's happened. Maybe I will buy more of this. I'd, yeah, sure. Things I actually have no problem with in the long term. I have no problem with there being no underlying plot. It's only if I was reading it basically all at the same time, like we read two volumes at the same time today for today's show. That's that was a problem. There not being an underlying plot. If I was picking up one volume every, let's say three months, seems about right. Yeah, I would actually enjoy enjoy this. Because like, it would still be somewhat fresh after having that break. So I'm going to go with, yes, I'm going to buy this, but I am not going to own all of it for a very long time. You're going to buy a few, see how you go on. Essentially, yeah. Like, I would not be mad if I paid for these two that we read for this show. Like, I ever bought them both yeah. at the same time. Would not be mad. But I would be annoyed if I bought three and still nothing overarching had happened. So it's a balancing act. If nothing else happens, if it just remains like this, I would probably be annoyed if I went, well, it won an Isa, it must be great, and bought all yeah. five, and then we're like, oh, that's... Again, without having read volumes three, four, five, if this was it, I'd be like, oh, that's that's it. Oh. And I think that's the issue. You're essentially required to go into that on trust that it gets better or remains at the quality that you want it to be. And I feel like if there's no overarching plot points, then the fact that there's an Eisner is weirdly deceptive in that regard. But that's just me. You can obviously make your own opinions, and make no mistake, this thing is actually good. Also worth saying, so it won, I don't know when exactly the Eisners take place in the year or how much was out at the time, so it won the 2020 Eisner. So. I was, was going to say, do you know how much they have to read for the Eisner? Not a clue. Depends on the series and the award. Uh, I would assume they have like a flat, you have to read a volume or two volumes or whatever. Considering this only launched in the last year or two in English, 
probably red or whatever was available at the time. Maybe Viz supplied a little extra. But yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts. Now, as for the anime, morbid curiosity is kicking in, and I'm gonna <laughs> check it out because I have Netflix. I enjoy yeah, you have Netflix. It's free. I enjoy abject crap. <laughs> let's let's try it out. From what I've heard, yes, I don't think it's going to be good. By this logic, Mike, have, have you also watched Record of Ragnarok while you're at it? <laughs> I will do that at the same time. I'll make a day of it. <laughs> he could be watching JoJo's, because that's just been announced that that's, uh, the new season of that's coming to Netflix, but no, he's going to instead watch this and Ragnarok. Oh, man, the other night I, I watched crappy old 90s cyberpunk movies all night, and God, I'm dumber for it, <laughs> but it was beautiful. <laughs> I love watching abject shit, which kind of explains why I'm on this podcast. <laughs> Brad, thanks for that segue. And if they want to watch more abject shit. <laughs> Savage. I love it. Oh, they can catch me on uh, twitch.tv slash berserker, B-E-R-S-E-K-R-E-R, and Twitter, the same name, at B-E-R-S-E-K-R-E-R. Uh, most likely at the point of this going out, I'm probably still playing The Last of Us on Twitch right now. This is essentially guessing, because, spoiler alert, we record these things sometimes months in advance. So well, At the moment, it's like literally a month in advance, I think. So, yeah, there you go. It's all guesswork. I'll be playing something, and I'll probably be bad at it, so that's entertaining in of itself. Even if you He'll be like playing it. Ring Fit Adventure. There, I've cornered you now. Okay, then let's find out, shall we? <laughs> uh, um, you can find me at Slazer King for all of my usual hero purchases I've made. Here are gacha rolls I've made. I didn't get the pirates in Fire Emblem Heroes. I'm very sad about that, but um, such is life. Phil? No. Uh, no. Okay, brilliant. Uh, what are you playing at the moment, Phil? Uh, world ends with you, Neo. Neo, world ends with you. Enjoying it? Yeah, it's all right. There you go. I'll I'll just do that at the end of each episode from now on. He's not going to say that he's available on Twitter at Fanaxkian, so you know, may as well get, give you guys something. <laughs> you can follow the podcast as a whole at Trash Manga Cast to be notified the moment a new episode goes live. Or, of course, you can subscribe to us on the various services we're on. We're on Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, and TuneIn. So remember to like, follow, rate, subscribe. Tell your friends, go up to them, especially with our last couple of episodes of series they might have actually heard of. I mean, heck, you can go up to them with our last couple of episodes and be like, hey, you watched Slime, that super popular Isekai series, or hey, you watched Spider, that other pretty popular Isekai series, or hey, do you want to hear them talk about an award-winning manga, Way of the House Husband? And you see, they'll be suckered into it then. They'll be like, ah, yeah, they only talk about good series, the trash. That's just an ironic joke. <laughs> isn't isn't that right, Phil? We're gonna we're gonna keep reading good series now for the rest of time, right? I, I get the strange feeling someone said something, but I don't I don't I don't remember. Who could it possibly have been? What could they have said? They might, they might have to do a redo. Much like our main character next time as we read Redo of a Healer, because I've been far too nice to these guys. Wait, wait, a series about a healer? It's it's about a healer. Oh, that's who I main in like MMOs and stuff. That's that, oh, that Sean, don't say, don't be saying that. I love healers. Healers are what I play. I, I want you to remember you said those words. <laughs> so when we read this series, and I know you know already because I've talked a bit to you about it, but 
Just remember, you said, oh man, it's about a healer. I play a healer. Just remember you said those words. Just remember, you're, you are trying to liken yourself to this main character. And I'm sure they're a very likable main character because healers are always the nice people in the party. Oh, yeah. Lots of people love him, Sean. I, I can say that without a shadow of a doubt. Lots of people yeah. love him. Yeah. Yeah. See you next time, everybody. <laughs>